Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. This is Rad with another awesome episode of Software Radio, and I have some very special guests today. I couldn't fit all 12 of them on my screen because it's just not working. So I got two of the horsemen from the United States Special Forces Green Beret Unit that went into Afghanistan right after 9-11. Horses, hillsides, high altitude. These guys, I'm not sure exactly where they trained to get to that high altitude, but we're going to learn from Jim Defilis and Mark Nush, who were these 
ODA operators and have written a book called Swords of Lightning. And you guys are going to have to check it out because we're going to talk to him about it right now. Welcome to the show. Hey, Brad, thanks, thanks a lot, Reddit. And, and first of all, let me just say that, you know, the hero on the show here is, is Mark. I just uh, kind of hung out with these guys, drank their bourbon, and wrote down what they told me. And uh, I just had the very great honor of writing the book with them. And, um, you know, Mark and, you know, everybody else in, in uh, 595, you, you know, you're, you're uh, right, Jim. went to Afghanistan. So, yeah, because in your preface, uh, there's like a, a breakdown of, of the team leaders and their rank and file. And I should pay more attention. I was looking for your name in that, actually, Jim. And I was like, where's Jim's name in the is he the is he the 18? Is he the is he the Zulu? I'm like, where's Jim's name at in here? Mark, tell right? me about yourself, <laughs> too, please. Well, I gotta say, Jim's Bob and I's hero for putting up with us for all these years to put this incredible book, Source of Lightning, together. We know far more now about all the support and the aspects around that incredible effort right after September 11, 2001, after America had been rocked by those horrific attacks. And then our team and a handful of other special forces teams that were part of the task force dagger special operations task force that was tasked with going into the country of afghanistan to you know to kill or capture taliban or al-qaeda wherever we found them and try to work with uh different militia groups to topple the taliban regime there were so many things unknown about that we know far more about that effort now and over the years bob and i had kind of become the repository for news articles and photos and some of the other books that have been written about us previously and, and just our own personal journals and, and interviews we had done for some documentary films. But then to hand that over to, to Jim and for him to sort through all of that and put it down in an incredible first-person manner in my voice sure. and Bob's voice and, and to lay that out, uh, our book, Swords of Lightning, is, has been a years-long effort, and we're very proud of the fact that, it, that it's out now. Folks can check that out at swordsoflightning.com. You know, it lays out much more of the story and the real challenges and, and teamwork and leadership and just the crazy chaos of battle that we were placed into in the conduct of that historic unconventional warfare mission. You know, there's far more than they can show in the Hollywood movie 12 Strong. You know, this Jerry Bruckheimer blockbuster, renowned filmmaker, you know, the entertainment of that 12 Strong film and just the incredible cast that they had. There's there's so much more to this story that they couldn't put into a two-hour film. And there's also uh, an Emmy-nominated documentary called Legion of Brothers that's out there interviews my team and two other special forces teams more of our teammates our wives uh, were interviewed and and after those experiences that's why we're like bob and i and our teammates were like we've got to tell our own story and get more of the incredible aspects of what a small team of americans can do highly trained committed placed into a nearly impossible situation and to bring people together and and unite and you know, just orchestrate all of that on the ground. That's what Special Forces does. And as the highlight of my life, uh, so I've had the honor to lead an incredible 12-man team of Green Berets 
to spearhead uh, America's response to those attacks in 9-11, to work with our CIA teammates, our other incredible special operators from the 160th, our special operations aviators, from our Air Force special operations aviators, as well as their terminal attack controllers, their combat controllers that would then come on the ground with us. Yep, the JTACs and TACPs that were thrust into yep. that mission while it was already Combat underway. Just a our coalition. You guys were light. a task force, right? The larger 5th uh, Special Forces Group headquarters was a task force, yes, with Air yes. Force Special Operations and other Army Special Operations and, and our intelligence services all coalesced into that task force. Uh, that The larger task force was based in... Karshi Khanabad, Uzbekistan, and my special forces team, ODA 595, and another special forces team, ODA 555, were two of the first teams to be sent into northern Afghanistan on the ground. Our team went into the north. 555 was inserted into the Panjashir Valley. Uh-huh. Incredible. Or mountains, the caves, and all that. That's that was where you guys were uh, traipsing around looking for whatever you could, right? All of that. Yes. No, my, our team did not go into the Tora Bora mountains area. That was later. That was much later. Uh, okay. I want to say in the January, February timeframe. That was another special forces team, another incredible mission, and everything. I believe that was the five seven two ODA that went in there and worked with some of our uh, tier one special operators, but. Let me ask you a question. I just want to let my listener know on the ODA, right? You're there. You've gone and joined the military now. You've become, you know, airborne qualified, jumping out of airplanes, infantrymen. What's your specialty occupation? What's your MOS, the military occupation specialty that you are on the team so that my listener knows what your profession, what your expertise is? Gotcha. So I, at the time of that mission, I was the the captain, the detachment commander, uh, special forces officer with the 18 Alpha military specialty designator. But my background was active duty infantry. I was an ROTC mm-hmm. graduate out of Kansas State University's ROTC program. Went on active duty into the infantry. That's what I had requested. And my you know, completed infantry officer basic course and then to a uh, ranger school. I had gone to both airborne and aerosol school as a cadet. Went off to ranger school, probably a winter ranger, you know, in that class of January of awesome. 94. Yeah. Uh, that's when we started. You know, at that time, there was still four phases in the ranger course. My class, and I believe for a few years after, we still had the desert phase out at Fort Bliss, Texas. And I was one of those students at that time. Got to my first unit that was at the 101st Airborne. I was in uh, platoon leader in the Rakasans in, in 1st Battalion of the 187th Infantry. That's the 3rd Brigade of, of the 101st Airborne. A very proud legacy going back uh, as an Airborne combat team back to, yeah, back to Korea and Vietnam. And had incredible experience there. At 101st as a rifle platoon leader and then as a, a company XO where I got to lead as a young second lieutenant. I got to lead our 140-man company on live fires. Uh, my company commander had become a, a heat casualty. And as at the time, I was the company XO and got to lead our entire rifle company in the combined arms live fires and things. So just incredible experience there. That's cool. 
then uh, was able to, you know, I, I volunteered and got picked up to go to the Ranger Regiment to be uh, a Ranger platoon leader. And I was in 3rd Ranger Battalion for a couple of years as a platoon leader. And I loved being in the Rangers and just that mission and everything uh, that you get to do there. That was my so introduction. The best, the best regiment the 3rd, right? Ranger Regiment the 3rd is your favorite then. I'm going to have to assume, uh, right? Well, Ask all my Rangers, what's your favorite? <laughs> yeah, we get yeah we get into that. Yes, I was in Third Ranger Battalion. Yeah. Bob, Chief Pennington, uh, our Chief Warrant Officer later there in Special Forces. When he was a young enlisted, he was in First Ranger Battalion, and and so of course there's some rivalry there. And some of our other uh, horse soldier bourbon business partners, some of the other veterans that helped start that company. There were six of us that were from Special Forces, and one of the guys' wives and. A bunch of people helped us start the Horse Soldier Bourbon Company. Four of the six of us had served in uh, uh, Ranger battalions or Ranger school graduates. And so there's a little bit of rivalry even, you know, within that, as as you expect of, you know, is first Ranger battalion the best or third Ranger battalion the best, whatever it may be. Second. Oh, yeah, uh, exactly. You know, Red, jumping back to something that uh, Red had mentioned originally, one of the really unique things about 595 and that Mark really, Mark and Bob worked very hard to do. Yes, every, uh, you have a really diverse group of guys, possibly one of the most mature, certainly one of the best. Everybody in the, the Green Berets is extremely well trained, but the guys on 595 were very, very well trained, very mature unit. They were also cross trained in a lot of the specialties. I would would guess, you know, they could fill in and do each other's uh, job. And that really was very critical for their mission in Afghanistan. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. My understanding is two people per team for each other's MOS or specialty. So you got two radio guys, two weapons guys, two something like that, right? Similar? No, that you're exactly right, you know. So at coming out of the Ranger Battalion as a platoon leader, that introduction to working with other special operations units, I wanted to be a part of that is and have my career path track through special operations. So I volunteered for special forces and, and got through that demanding uh, assessment selection course. And then on my path for language school and SEER training and uh, then finally was assigned to a fifth special forces group where I was the command 12 man team known formally as Operational Detachment Alpha 595. But when I got to that team, like a lot of these teams, they were in a rebuilding phase. So I made the sixth guy on the team, and often we don't have enough captains or warrant officers that make it through the pipeline. And so our team sergeant, he had, he had led that team, even though they didn't have an officer or warrant officer for nearly 18 months. And, and so they still had deployed into the Middle East and done a number of missions but as that team built back up over the two years, I had the honor of being their commander. Before 9-11, we had deployed half a dozen times into the Middle East and Central Asia. And to talk about that team then, so I'm the captain, I'm the warrant of that team. In the movie 12 Strong, Chris Hemsworth uh, portrays me. Chief Warrant Officer nice. Bob Henderson <laughs> is portrayed by Michael Shannon in the film 12 Strong. Yes. And... You know, see it. all of our, yes. our teammates portrayed. So we're a 12-man team is manned and equipped to split into two six-man sections, just like you're saying. Bob and I make up the leadership of that team, along with the team sergeant, uh, the senior sergeant uh, that, that's come up through and is the continuity on these teams. Then we have an 18 Fox. That's an intelligence sergeant. So the four of us make up the leadership of that team. The other eight guys there are two sergeants in four different skill sets. There's two weapons sergeants. There's two communication sergeants. There's two medical sergeants. And there's two engineers. You know, and our team uniquely, as Jim said, was a mature team. Our average age was 32. Five of the guys were already special forces uh, combat veterans from the first Gulf War. Nine out of the 12 were special forces qualified snipers. And our team's mission focus was unconventional warfare. That was our mission focus. And we cross-trained a lot, as Jim said, whether you're, you know, it didn't matter if it, the medics, you know, I don't have to be as proficient as these subject matter experts 
but I have to know how to lead them and help resource them and support them. Correct. And depending on what the mission or the task was, the rest of our team would follow and support whoever was in charge of that task or that movement or that as- aspect of the mission. But you had to be able to support them. It was a given that we could shoot. It, we could shoot American and, and foreign weapons, crew serve weapons. Right. That was a given. You know, as I said, I use our medics as an example. I'm not expected to do the tack, the the field surgery, the deeper care that they could do. But all of us are cross trained to support our medical sergeants specifically that, you know, do I know tactical count combat casualty care? Can I render first aid to myself or my teammates triage and, triage, and can I help him in a mass casualty type of situation? Can I help our medic under his guidance and direction? And a number of us got involved, you know, helping our medic in, in yeah. uh, field surgeries, if you will. And our medics, Probably they, they so were many different. I use that as an example of, of yeah. you know, I just, I'm taught basics explosives, but I'm relying on our engineers that are the demolitions experts and, and understand more of the minds. You know, the you know your weapon, but you have a Bravo who knows every weapon. Right. Yes. You know yours and you understand the functionality of an AK and you understand it and you're proficient. But this dude is like a savant. <laughs> right. So it's like, yeah. So what we, we cross right? like a lot. Morse code. Yeah. yeah. And that's my cross training. You know, we would go on a mission where, hey, I'm not officially the communications sergeant. But on this particular mission, I'm going to act as the radio operator, and I got to know everything about putting that radio into operation and and right. uh, making those calls Cranking and it. loading crypto and and that torture device. Yes, the battery. Referring to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, my dad said. So my dad was an 18 Echo, right? And he said uh-huh. everybody cranks back in the 80s. Everybody. That's, He's like everybody cranks. Five minutes. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody gets their uh, field fitness workout on with that that torturous device. But, uh, you know, you bring up a point, though, power management in an unconventional warfare scenario of those batteries are your lifeline. Well, all those batteries, yeah. you know, weigh about five pounds and they'll last about 24 hours. And, and so power management, when you don't know when your next resupply is coming is critical and, you know, you didn't have your radios on all the time. We would use solar panels to help charge up the batteries and things like that whenever you had a, a stop. So there, there's so much to this mission. Again, some of these aspects, we wanted to get that down into our incredible book, Swords of Lightning, and talk more about those aspects that you're talking about from small unit tactics to working with allied partners and building trust to calling sure. in airstrikes and resupply drops and just what the day-to-day was like for our whole team in that very challenging situation. Right. The 12 horsemen, right? It comes from, for those that are listening and you may not know the story, is you guys used horses and donkeys, I imagine, with all of your gear on the backs of them, like old miners going to look for gold up the hills. And you would see like a donkey just keep going up the hill and, you know, SF guys riding the horses, maybe with their sleeves ripped off. I don't know if I, if I can envision that or not, but you know, maybe that's Chris. Hemsworth. Yeah, there. <laughs> I don't know. That's, a, that, that's kind of the Hollywood version that 
the donkeys were totally incredible. But, you know, the other thing, you know, think about it. How many special forces, ODAs train for horses? And Mark, was you? how did you, like, know to, like, train all 12 guys uh, for horses? Oh, wait a second. That didn't happen, did it? Yeah, the I grew up from a farming and ranching background. I grew up rodeoing as a young kid in Kansas and in the Midwest mm-hmm. and, you know, competed at the high school level. And then I rodeoed for two years at the college level, but I then went on active duty. So back in 2001, very few, if any, of our special operators were being trained in riding how to ride horseback, right? It's the 21st century. We're going to use helicopters and ATVs or motorcycles or or buggies for yeah the four wheelers (laughs) the dune buggies right right so it kind of came as a surprise when our cia team as we met them just hours before they would be flown in by special operations helicopter that hey we need to be prepared to ride horses and so we thought okay it'll be an initial one-time kind of move to get us somewhere and then after the cia got on the ground they started to report back of no this is going to be the main mode of of how we're going to move around on the battlefield is is by horseback and that was working with general dostum and his uzbek uh, militia that i consider you know had a very strong horse culture dostum Mm -hmm. had used his horse mounted cavalry very effectively back during the soviet afghan war and that was the main way to get around the battlefield get around that rough terrain quickly was by horseback and using pack animals to move that equipment. So the very first move, the very first morning, uh, six of us after meeting General Dostum, this is the morning of October 20th, 2001, in uh, the mountains of north central, northern Afghanistan. Uh, we have this meeting between General Dostum and the CIA and my teammates, and and he is just a fire hose of information, everything we didn't know about the Taliban and Al-Qaeda. He's starting to show us on the map where they're at and names and unit sizes and their capability and the history. And And I ask him if he'll take us uh, to show us the Taliban, you know, get us to the Taliban. We show want me. To, yep. Uh, see where him. are they at? And, uh, there? Right so there? He, <laughs> he, he agrees to do yeah. that. And yeah. six of us mount. Yeah, six yeah. of us would uh, mount horses quite quickly for the first time and conduct that initial move. You didn't know how far it was going to wow. be. And I, it was fortunate, it was by fate, that I had that background in riding horses. One of my other sergeants. Now, wait a second. Up wait, and, wait a second, though. Mark, Mark, you have to be fair. I mean, you know, Bob says all the time that he had quarter horse training. Yeah, he does. You know, That's put the, a quarter. The, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Bob gives me and the guys that give me a hard time about having quarter horse training. And that was when mom and dad took him to the the Walmart or something and they rode a mechanical quarter uh, of the horse horse in there that, you know, maybe they went to a summer camp as a kid and rode some trail broke horses, you know, in a in a line or something. Uh, This was not that I did growing up. Right. I had that opportunity, you know, that was me growing up. Just so imagine how you have some of the best training in the world, but that task is nothing that you've been trained on. And so those guys did an incredible job of learning how to ride horses for the first time in combat. And 
I had to take a step back and be trail boss and help them get on their horse and give them some quick riding lessons, literally at the walk or at the trot. And there's, there's so many things going through your mind of, can you trust the people you just met? Uh, They warned us there was Taliban in the area. There could be a firefight. We know there's mines. And now you're riding this half wild, crazy stallion. They all ride stallions culturally there. And, they don't give you the good horse and you know, they're smaller, you're using their local equipment. So your legs are really short and it's painful because your knees are too high. And now you're riding this crazy half, you know, animal that wants to bite you or kick you or get you off their back because you weigh more than what they're used to. You know, our, our average Mm -hmm. weight was, 200 pounds we average six foot in height and you're carrying another 50 plus pounds of lightweight combat gear you know but there's so many things going on you know how do you carry your rifle on a horse when you expect you may have to fight yeah to just dis- carry dis- ready yeah 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 at your you know how do i like hold the reins it's like what what you know uh, you put them in your teeth. You put the reins in your teeth, and you put the <laughs> pistol in you. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, I, I thought you were going to say homie, gun. I bet you. I'll believe you. I'll let you say that's a joke. I'll let you say that's a joke. <laughs> yeah. But, oh uh, man! Wow. Um, hey, this is Rad with Software Radio, and I just want to talk to you about Brandon Webb and John David Mann. Right? Okay, these two guys have been hammering out books, and they just brought you a new one with Cold Fear. That's right. New York Times bestselling authors Brandon Webb and John David Mann have just put out Cold Fear. It is the adventures of Finn, the Navy SEAL. You got to check it out. Read that book. I think it's going to come out on Audible. So Brandon Webb, John David Mann, props. You know, I I grew up, you know, ranching family in the Western cowboy culture in the U.S. And, you know, I grew up watching, you know, Clint Eastwood and John Wayne and you know, reading about our frontier cavalry or our Civil War cavalry that was on horseback. And so all those lessons are, were kind of quickly coming back to the forefront of the tactics. How do we adapt what we're doing on horseback to have tactics to ensure our security or our safety? And all these things are going through your mind, that very first movement. The guys are just just doing an incredible job. We're trying to figure out what gear do you leave behind? I'm giving Bob a a quick contingency plan because we're not sure how far we're going or where we're going, but we will establish communications once we get there and call you back. And, you know, if we have a fight, you're looking for Taliban, you're like, we're looking for Taliban, like point me in the direction of these guys. You're telling your, your liaisons within the other teams that are indigenous right you, yep. you're speaking arabic right that's what the language it's, is over there the foreign fighters the al-qaeda predominantly speak arabic a number of my sergeants were fluent in arabic from their many deployments into the middle east for myself and two of my other sergeants that language had been russian so you're kind of uh, cautious about trying to to use you know some of that russian and arabic language abilities but and we had some uzbek from our uh basic understanding of some of that, some common phrases and words and things uh, from our deployment in 2000, our team had uniquely worked for six months uh, prior to 9-11 in the country of Uzbekistan, just to the north. 
working with the Uzbek Spetsnaz, their special forces that were already in a tough fight mm-hmm. against Al-Qaeda affiliates and this wave of militant Islamic extremism that had swept out of Afghanistan and was had gone into some of the adjacent Central Asian countries where they were conducting large-scale attacks against those countries, you know, police and security forces. And I'm talking about uh, Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan and Tajikistan and Kyrgyzstan in that area. So our team and so a whole theater of operation is the Middle East. It's the Middle East and Central Asia. Yes. Uh, for the fifth special forces group. Yeah. You so know, more fifth group, right? And so yeah. you, yeah, you know, ahead, Mark, Jim. that is actually something that, you know, that sometimes can be hard to explain the language. There was a huge language barrier. Yeah. You guys did get some translators, but the thing that was remarkable to me was how you and Dostrom obviously, you know, could speak English, but you guys communicated, you clicked right away. And I know there was a lot of hard work on your part and probably on his as well, but how, that relationship, it's a remarkable relationship and your mission could not have succeeded had you not been able to, to work with him. Yeah, the that initial conversation and everything was facilitated by our CIA teammates that that are fluent. You know, special forces you are you get six months of training in a language. You have to test in it to graduate from the course, but then you're expected to continue right. working on your language skills throughout your career. And there's there's recurrent testing, or you, you've got practical opportunities when you deploy into these countries and. But overall, I, I, I joke about my overall Russian language ability was as a caveman level. You know, I could lead a tactical patrol in Russian or in basic Uzbek. All of my guys had demonstrated that we could do that. And we pulled some of those lessons and language tutorials out in preparation for this mission. Uh-huh. But we, we relied for the deeper conversations. We, we relied on two of our CIA officers. One of them was fluent in Dari, and the other was fluent in Uzbek. And so there's that Dari language, you know, is predominant across Afghanistan. But then, you know, just depending on some of the ethnic groups in the areas you got into, they may not understand Dari and they, they speak Uzbek, which, you know, different different dialect. And Yeah. Um, so there's definitely a language barrier. You had to work through that. We understood the deeper kind of mission and intent and what we were trying to do. And we had some incredible interpreters that stepped up at different times to, to help. You know, their English was, in some instances, about as, about as bad as my Russian. But you had to work through it. And a lot of that was by, you know, follow me, you know, yeah. or, or you're, you're working that out. We matched some of our Arabic speakers with some of Dostum's commanders that also spoke Arabic. So, again, we had another commander that could speak some Russian. So we matched one of my sergeants with with them. And one well, of the your team things, has to adapt to their team, but their team yes. also has to adapt to their own team. It sounds like it's like you've got guys over there that are speaking Arabic, but maybe not speaking the other language of the same indigenous people over there. Right. Like they're kind of. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Just yeah, and you're so you're you're trying to learn that that you know learn some some basic phrases from the people you're you're working with, and you know have a broader understanding of the culture and the customs and courtesies and and things. But because of our team being was there a night or a day 
that you guys, everything just seemed like the war had stopped and you had like a barbecue with everyone and it just seemed surreal. Like we're in this country. Was there a day or a moment where you guys all had a toast together? There may have been some vodka and some bourbon involved at different points. Uh, in that, to say it was a barbecue, I don't want to, to me, that's kind of misleading. I would say it was more of sure. what they call a, a goat grab, where, you know, they have made, Tell me it's that you know, horse game. they have made a traditional oh. dish of Palau. You know, okay. with uh, some dirty rice or a piece of goat knuckle or or something, uh, some meat mixed into a big communal pot, and you are honored to be the honored guest to sit down with Dostum and his commanders and to share a meal. You know, and and let's just make it clear to paint the picture: you are sitting on the ground or maybe a rock, you know, around a fire and a and a pot, and you're trying to savor the moment and reflect on the crazy that you just survived that day going into battle alongside these horsemen against, you know, tanks and armored personnel carriers that the Taliban and Al Qaeda had. And, you know, you're thinking about the pilots that you talked to on the radio and, you know, those that had come in and, and dropped ordnance for you and destroyed some enemy targets and so, yes, there were times where there was two or three of us or six of us in those first couple of days sitting around the fire together in the evening. But, you know, your, your guard is still up. You're worried about an attack. You know, can our camp, you know, you're the outlaws. The group were with, you know, several hundred of them initially. And then that force started to grow. But they're outgunned. They're outmanned. They're the outlaws living in the roughest, rugged terrain and trying to survive. And so, yeah, you savor that special moment and a meal together. But then you're thinking and talking about the next day's operations and how do we survive this crazy situation right. that we're in. But we recognize we can win. And they've explained to us kind of their strategy and what they believe can be done. And you're trying to orchestrate how America and our special forces team can support that, you know, with the resources that we can bring to bear. It's not just airstrikes. It's uh, lethal and non-lethal aid. There's cargo aircraft coming in every night. So you're setting up drop zones and it's a 24-7 operation for the dozen of us on the ground and then we end up splitting up uh, we talked about a little bit about that of our teams you know you're manned and equipped to split into two six-man sections well bob and his uh, his section stayed near where we had been inserted and they started doing what's called their area assessment and gathering intelligence and and working with the locals in that area but then my half of the section, we went forward to the mountain headquarters and Dostum shows us the enemy and we call in an airstrike on him and he, he wants to attack the next day. And so we get a front row seat to this incredible scene of horsemen charging against tanks and, and armored personnel carriers. Columns, uh, columns of yeah. But enemy. They have fire and yeah. maneuver, you know, so a group would ride up and, mm-hmm. and stop short of a ridge and dismount and lay down a base of fire. And and another group would bound forward on the horses to the next terrain. And so you could recognize the tactics, uh, you know, from our small unit training of a base of fire and a maneuver element. 
and bounding over bounding overwatch all of that mm-hmm. and uh to close with the enemy and and we're trying to coordinate the the airstrikes ahead of that to ensure we don't have a friendly fire incident or everything yeah really because that's real too friendly fire right you guys are danger close probably at all times when you're calling in anything uh you know within three miles <laughs> how danger you want to get my dad always said if i can hit them they can hit me <laughs> that's usually what he would say you know so like a mortarman or somebody in a tank if you're firing from a tank at another tank chances are that tank has range to hit you back so i can only imagine Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You guys yeah. had some danger close calls? We did. Several incidents. As, as we end up splitting our team out, we recognize we could win, but we've got to split that six-man section into a three-man cell and uh, to get that fire and maneuver element, right? So we split up into two three-man cells, and I remain with Dostum and and the leadership and three of my sergeants, you know, they go with another commander and they get another piece of terrain so that we get another look at the enemy and we're able to utilize, you know, those perspectives and, and make some tactical gains uh, and attack and destroy the, the Taliban. 
but we recognized that was a successful model. So we got to split our entire team down further into two. We split into four three-man cells, and we put each three-man cell out with a different commander that would be in a different county. You know, and I we got two of our special op, uh, Air Force JTACs to come in. That gave me five satellite radios, and they would is what allowed us to talk to our command and and split up and decentralize in that manner. And I continued to move with one of my communications sergeants around the battlefield, and would work with Dostum and ride back and forth between the rest of my team. And so, again, just some of those aspects where there's only three American witnesses to the crazy things that happened on the battlefield. And again, we try to lay down more of that in our book, Swords of Lightning, and just things that, that weren't able to be shown in a, in a two-hour Hollywood type of film. You know, you kind of lose track of the time. That was actually 24 days on horseback, you know, and and I spent most of those days in the saddle with some of my sergeants moving around, helping organize the, the resistance leadership and meeting with local villages and groups. We needed their support. You know, this is what special forces does. You have to keep yeah. the support of the populace and you got to work by, with or through local mm-hmm. partners. You're kind of like the liaison between the U.S. and, uh, you know, their the allied forces that you're working with. You have become yes. the interim mayor politician with a satellite phone saying hey i got some nyquil i can save that baby from sniffling right now just show me where the taliban is show me right now it's like right over there and you're like save that baby's life i mean well that's real they did a lot more the the medics you know they they saved many lives oh yeah even on the battlefield but certainly on the battlefield. how could they not Uh, it's in their yes that's why we wanted to do yeah oh exactly that, that's why we wanted to do the book. I mean, or that's why the, one of the reasons the book was so important to me, you know, everybody, you know, you see a Hollywood story, but this isn't the Hollywood story. This is the real heroics, what it really takes. It's kind of a classic, you know, it's a classic unconventional warfare campaign married to, uh, you know, at the same time, this kind of high tech, you know, warfare and, you know, and in some, you know, classic battle maneuvers and mark and i one day were we're even talking about some of the some of the things that you know went on in in terms of a strategic and tactical movements very similar to to you know civil war battles so really a fascinating i mean their experiences are fascinating on many levels well i'd imagine that if you're hunting somebody up on the cliffs they're on the cliffs too it's kind of like the whites of your eyes at that point unless somebody has air power to decimate that cliff Okay, if it's mono e mono, right? You're within a hundred yards of each other. You're all close quarters at all times, right? It's not just. So I think some people think close quarters is like you're kicking in the door of a house, right? But sometimes close quarters is a football field, even of you know combat. I could imagine just. No, you're you're exactly right, right? Brad. You're, you know, that that field can be. Is it? It's uh, you know, hundred meters apart. Is it? Uh, in the case of a lot of this, it, it was, are you within effective machine gun fire from a PK machine gun, you know, that 7.62 round, uh, you know, so are you within four Big to six green drum meters? magazine on the bottom of that gun, you know, it's ugly, yeah. it wants to come uh, at you, you're dealing are, with are, big, Are huge, you within, yeah. 
that plus, and again, that's max effective or, you know, effective range, but that maximum range, you know, that can reach out over three quarters of a mile and they would use plunging fire, right? So they're just aiming that machine Artillery. gun up in the air and sweeping it back and forth, you know, mortars. They had uh, 82 millimeter mortars. They had rocket grenade launchers, you know, so are, are you within range of an RPG that they're just launching in the air back and forth? And it was mutual. You know, our allies are, are doing that as well. And be or some old car 98 that they had are you within range of that guy you know it's like yeah what's you know, you know these, so you, the you see guns, all these, they still fire around yeah the discus that what we equate with yeah. our m2 browning 50 caliber you know that soviet version is a 51 caliber dishka that would be truck mounted or something and you see a technical truck like roll out and toyota right yeah yeah, yeah. Like some so, the toyota standing up pulling the trigger and then the real bad boy on the battlefield was a truck-mounted ZSU 23-2. So that is a, a twin-barreled 23-millimeter cannon. It's an anti-aircraft weapon system, but they didn't have the technical radar to guide the gun. But they would <laughs> use that gun in a direct-fire roll. They'd back up on a hillside and level those two twin barrels over the the cab of that truck and just unleash in a direct fire roll with with the ZSU. And those were the deadliest thing on the battlefield or intimidating because it's slow for them to position it or or fire it. But, man, once it got cranking and it would would lay down. It was a pillbox. It was a position. Yes. It was like you got to get rid of it. We had, yep. we had to take them out, you know, either with an airstrike. We witnessed incredible valor on several occasions of the Allied horsemen, the militia horsemen, flanking and attacking a ZSU-23-2. And they're galloping up with their AK-47s, and they would, you know, gun down the crew and capture that critical weapon system. And so then now we're using it later that afternoon or the next day. But, you know, we witnessed, you know, countless acts of valor and courage and teamwork from our Afghan allies. It doesn't in, make in it into pers- you know, personnel file. That's something that you have up here in your head. Exactly. You'll always know these things about these people yeah. and all of the valor. And I think one thing that I read and Jim and Mark that you put in your book when I was reading the beginning of it was we're all soccer dads out here. Right. And like you said, mm-hmm. Jim, they're a mature mm-hmm crew right so i can only imagine my dad got out in 91 92 because of a seizure and some medical issues he didn't want to get out Uh so after 91 92 my dad was dedicated baseball dad all day he would train me to play baseball be every single game tracking every single hit i did baseline drive everything in the scorebook my coach relied on my dad more than the coach relied on himself my dad just sat in the stands every single game and that guy the same guy that you are the same guy that Bob is and the same guy that you, that that spoke to me. I almost want to kind of cry because I love my dad and I love you guys so much for what you do for our country. As a, you chose a job that chose you. OK, yeah, so, it's it's a, to be in the special weird. forces or in the special operations is it's a calling. It's a it's a passion. It's a commitment. You know, whether you serve one enlistment period or you decide to make it a career. It is a lifestyle. It is tough. It challenges you in any every way, physically, mentally. It is a thinking man's game, you know. But you you work with some of the the most incredible people that 
push you. I never thought of myself as being the fastest or the best runner or everything, you know. I always, you know, felt like it was more of a marathon versus a sprint, you know. And it's just having the heart sure. and the passion of you don't quit, you know, stubbornness, tenacity, not to let your teammates down. Don't quit on yourself, you know, take another step, you know. And and I see that, you know, a lot of these my lessons relate. A lot of these lessons stri- relate My dad has to, a turtle around here with his stripes on the back, his, his uh-huh. Sergeant First Class stripes on the back of a turtle, this golden bronze uh-huh. turtle that he has. And uh, got it somewhere, but because the turtle wins it. He's like the turtle. That was his thing. His team's thing was the turtle it's, and, uh, and Godzilla. It, <laughs> it, you know, it's just, it's being steady and consistent to perform. Yep. And again, you don't know, is it a sprint or is it a marathon today? And a lot of our special operations training is, is designed that way. Uh, so when you go through selection and assessment, they're looking for people that have the heart, have the passion, have the commitment and don't quit. You know, regardless of what's thrown at them, whether it's an impossible situation or, you know, when they line you up in the morning at special forces assessment selection training, hey, we're doing a run or it's a it's a ruck march today, but they never tell you how far you're going. Is it a three mile run? Is it a five mile run? Is is it a 12 mile ruck march today? And the response is always, hey, do the best you can. And there's some lessons in that of you don't know the standards whether you're in a business today, you know, who are you measuring your success against another competitor or your own company and just do the best you can. And, and who really is more qualified to scrutinize that than yourself? Am I doing the best I can? Am I given 100 percent today? Am I being strategic in growing my business? You know, or am I am I distracted and I'm chasing rabbits? And so I enjoy talking right. to corporate groups as well. I'm with Kepler Speakers Bureau, and I get to meet all kinds of people, whether they're in law enforcement or they're construction companies or medical workers. And there's so many lessons that apply broadly to the general public here and just people in their everyday life of whatever adversity you're faced with. Just keep going, you know, figure it out, think right. your way through it, uh, take that another step take some calculated risks to improve your situation in your life. Move forward. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Keep your head down and move forward. Just keep moving forward. I run war games here in Salt Lake City and on a large scale, anywhere from two of us out there doing it to 300 of us at a time. And it's the same thing. It's just keep your head down. You know, I got to organize the event. I've got to put things together, um, provide the place to play, the equipment to do it with, the teams to fight against. So basically, I take on the commanding role of putting in organize, organizing the, the assignment. Uh-huh. And then we delegate it out to all of our teams. And basically, my airsoft team back in the day was helped develop by my dad and some of his guys. They're like, look, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? So you yeah. need someone that creates the games. You need someone that, you know, maybe brings the water every game. You know, who's that going to be on the team? And so we start to create that style of synergy out here. And now we do large war games where we get guys like yourself or even Jim or myself. We go out and we do these war games. And uh-huh. somebody may not have got a chance to join the military. They may have had asthma. And the closest thing they get to do is read your book. Or they get to maybe come out and play war games with me because they never got the chance to wear the gear. So, you know, we do a lot of positive working with the veterans out here, you know, and those never got to serve. They never got a chance. I mean, like the song says, you know, three Green Berets out of 100 are going to make it. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
Yep. Ballad of the Green Berets. That's you, right. You know, you know, since we're talking about business and stuff and yeah. how that and how some of the lessons that you know that Mark and the experiences that Mark and the guys kind of went through, I mean that's the perfect lead in to talk about uh, bourbon. Uh, not that bourbon needs something to lead into, but or an excuse to talk about, but uh, it's, it's the entrepreneur uh, skill set. Exactly, yeah. Jim. You know, like being these guys are National Guards guy. They have daytime jobs. They join the military to serve their local community and becoming a Green Beret makes you 24-7. So, you know, these guys go out and they are, you know, lawyers and fathers and, you know, doctors and, uh, you know, cab drivers. Okay. Your local paramedic that comes to your house is probably maybe a Green Beret who's just doing that job until he gets the main call. And so, you know, these guys come together and then all of a sudden they have to put their skill set together and they have to all be like on a team and there is a coach and a captain and that is Mark and he expects his team to get the job done and play their positions. And I bet you, it, it's like I say, hey, I'll take the leashes off all you guys. You go do your specialty. But when I blow the whistle, I expect you all to come back and just say, hey, what's up? It's really yeah. get your job done. And yeah. That's being on these special these special forces teams that you're working with incredible people. They all have proven that they can lead under very trying conditions, under physical stress, lack of sleep, you know, lack of food. We talked about enjoying the goat grab or the barbecue. You know, we we're running on in the case of our mission, we're running on just a few hours sleep. You know, you're beyond exhaustion. But you're, you you got to maintain coherency, and can you still communicate effectively? Are you still combat effective? And you know, we lost uh, twenty to twenty five pounds of body weight because we're down to reduced rations, and you're sleeping outdoors, and you're burning immense calories, and and other a whole slew of other combat conditions. The weather's trying to kill you. You know, it's you're getting snowed on, uh, snowed on, or it's freezing cold, or you have to cross an ice cold stream, and your feet are wet. But what yeah, I, seriously, so all these guys on these teams have proven that they can lead under all of these conditions. But then, not can only can they lead, but they can be incredible teammates to support each other as well, and just keep pushing each other to the next level. That applies to, to any sport, business. any person. You know, and, and we all serve in, in a number of ways, whether that was in uniform or not, or in our uh, police or first responder services, or just serving within your community, you know, with teachers. I had so many influential teachers throughout my life growing up, you know, and now we serve in other ways. We serve an amazing double gold award-winning horse soldier bourbon, but our bourbon brand has taken off. But as veterans, you know, it gave us another mission, purpose, and focus after our active service. It, you know, it got allowed us, some of us, to work together again to keep kind of the the team together. There's Bob and I from the original five nine five team that our our brand is based on. But then, as we've grown, we've been able to bring in two more of of my teammates uh, to work full time for us. We now have some of the CIA teammates that have retired that they come out for special promotions. And, and I, I often, you know, talk to a number of veterans that are transitioning, you know, either from their guard or reserve service or off active duty of, and don't count yourself short, regardless. It doesn't matter if you weren't in special operations or not. You've learned so many skills. You've learned how to manage people. You've learned how to lead. 
whether that's a, a four-man fire or a squad or or whatever that may be. Really, you, you can you take know, like doing hundred yeah, percent. You can take so many things like roll call of your unit is inventory yeah. of each person. You're making sure that your inventory is all there because you need them for your product placement. Because yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, you know, our number not, one I, thing that the America exports is its military. That's the number one thing that we have that we export is our military. It's the best. And everybody wants to replicate that. We are, you know, it's true. You get exported to Afghanistan. Yeah, that's because of our uh, NCO, you know, our non-commissioned <laughs> officers that come up through the ranks. They're expected to lead. Other countries don't necessarily yeah. do that. They're very officer-centric. And I saw that in the, you know, having studied the Soviet or Russian model. They're very officer-centric. So that's what sets us apart is our sergeants, our NCO core across uh, our services to get those jobs done, to figure it out. And, you know, that's why, I try, again, I try to encourage young veterans of find out what's next of as you transition, what are you passionate about? You have the skills, you have the right. drive and determination, whatever that may be, you know. But you've, you know, it's it's been internalized with those those core values that that service may impart on them of accountability and responsibility and leadership, and that's universal. That is universal to your community, whatever business that may be, or or whatever. Now, I know we've been talking for about an hour, and and I really have appreciated this conversation. And I have a I have a question from the internet. Okay, so I put it out uh -huh. there, and I say, hey, what would you ask one of the twelve horsemen? And I'm going to hit up with my guy Chandler. And Chandler says, tell us something about a Green Beret that the public doesn't know about them. Something like, you know, I guess what he wants to know is you're normal. <laughs> you're a regular dude, you know, that put yeah, yourself that's, in the position. What do you think? You know, I just think they'll surprise you. I, I've met so many different guys that, that were in the special forces. I would say is inherently, though, they're they're driven, they're committed, you know, they're very passionate about their skill set or their craft and want to perform that to the highest level at all times. What I love about special forces sergeants is if you ask them to go do something, they, they have so much initiative and self-discipline. They'll go check out a problem, investigate some situation for you. They'll see what needs done. They'll fix it. And they'll have identified two or three other factors and they'll come back to you with a plan of, hey, sir, Here's what else I saw. This needs done and addressed. And here's a plan for how we do it. You know, so I love that uh, about him, that that creativity, the problem solving that I've seen throughout my career. That's a very cool. Very cool response to that. And thanks for your question, Chandler. That was on my Rad Rock and Instagram account. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Now, Jim, when you were writing this book and you decided that you were going to tackle this and interpret his words into the book, I mean, how? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, you know, they unloaded all sorts of information on me and, you know, basically a fire hose of information. Actually, it's more like a, you know, dumpsters full of information, but they kept me going because they were just starting, you know, with the horse soldier bourbon and they promised, you know, Jim, you know, we'll keep the glass full as long as you keep writing. So I had a lot of incentive They're, you know, they're really, they were, uh, they're really good guys. They're very, I mean, the one kind of necessary thing. I could use some bourbon over here. A book like this, right? <laughs> well, I, I'm sure Mark will send you some. You know, you have to oh, be very hey, open. Hey, you have hey. to be very candid. And they were willing to talk about, you know, they. this was not, this was a phenomenal mission. It's a, really a textbook case. But, they, you know, they were very open about, you know, mistakes that they made and that, you know, their interpretation of mistakes by command and other things. And that, that was one thing we want. We want this book not to be the Hollywood version of, you know, what happens. And, you know, hopefully we, we achieve that. You know, you guys talk about in that book, this is two wars going on here. You've got the long war that everybody's mm -hmm. been attached to since 9-11. And then you had the weeks after 9-11, maybe into the year after 9-11, that were really focused on trying to find the root of the evil that caused the 9-11, the Twin Towers to come crashing down, the Pentagon, the field, Pennsylvania flight. Oh, forgive me. I the flight, but you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Flight 93. You know, I don't want to leave them out of it because they didn't hit a building, okay? So they still sacrificed all of their lives. And then I'm so proud of you, Mark and Bob and your guys for taking up the call to go in and do 25-pound weight loss. 
dealing with the storm, dealing with the Dishkas and the Z unit, bro. From yeah. a grateful American to you, may I just say thank you. And for my listeners, just be grateful that guys like him exist so that we can sleep under flags that are on that ba- banister behind me right there. That's the flag we sleep under because of this, these guys. Just an incredible moment in our, our history and is honor to help spearhead America's response to those horrific attacks. And just there's other incredible stories about our special forces teams and the things that were done, you know, around the country under incredible circumstances. And then, you know, other units rotated in, other special forces teams rotated in. Those are incredible stories as well. You know, just it's a commitment, you know, for these guys that are on special forces teams that, that deploy to these various critical areas around the world to help our allied partners that have very complex challenges that they're faced with. And so that's why we send, you know, a dozen Green Berets to go be advisors and help these allies try to navigate their way through very complex challenges. We send a dozen so that hopefully that problem can get resolved and we don't have to send 200 or 2,000 of our troops to some hotspot around the world. And, you know, part of the reason we got into bourbon was we saw how bourbon brought very diverse groups together, whether you're, you know, off in Kenya or Somalia somewhere. And and one of the guys has an amazing story about, you know, finding a bottle of an American spirit in one of the most remote areas on the planet, you know. And, you know, I deployed to a dozen plus Middle Eastern countries, and it was always our counterpart that's producing a bottle of some American <laughs> bourbon of, hey, the Americans are in town. Sure. Let's, let's shut the door and let's, let's give them a bourbon. About, let's talk <laughs> yes. about the real problems, you know, that we have. And right. so right. we'd always kind of been on the other side of the bar in that. And then as we, when we were going through that transition, working with another uh, special operations veteran that had already been through that transition, and figured out his business, he became a great mentor for us and took us through kind of that exercise of what do we want to do? You know, what do we want to be when we grow up? Okay. We're not exactly. green berets. I mean, we're still green berets at heart, you know, and I'm, I'm yeah, just you start as, a new life. Yeah, yeah. You're starting a new life. And you're what's young. that next, what's that next phase of that journey in your life? And that's when we come together and said, we're going to make, we got really excited about craft bourbon and, we approached it as a special forces mission. We started studying every aspect about it. You know, we had some more tough missions. We had to go to Scotland to learn how to make scotch. We went to Ireland. Oh no, you had to go to Scotland. No, (laughs) not Scotland. Tough, but tough missions. But you're, you're learning every aspect about it from the ingredients that go into it. What recipe do you like? Do you, you know, the wood that's uh, that American white oak that's critical to the barrel and the flavor of that bourbon right. as it ages. Right. And so we just we approached it as a special forces mission. Everybody started t- picked a lane and started studying about it and and then share those lessons with each other and elevate the team's game. And we found, you know, some investors and industry professionals that believe in us and our brand is just taken off and we're going to exceed people's expectations you know as a veteran brand in order to buy liquor you have to go to the you have to go to the state-owned liquor store in utah so if you want if horse soldier isn't already in utah then it needs to go to the state liquor store 
Yeah, we're not in Utah yet. Our national distributor is Southern Glacier. We were able to align with them here about a year ago, and we're up to 18 states now. We were at a dozen okay. when we transitioned to Southern Glacier. But states, the, they have it? Uh, yeah, they can yeah, the, it? yeah, the states were... Like yeah, the states we're in currently are uh, Florida. That's our home state. We invite you to come down to the Tampa, St. Petersburg area and come see our, our Urban Stillhouse, urbanstillhouse.com. Please call ahead. We're backed up a couple weeks on reservations. But that place showcases our brand, and we've got a craft distillery there in the St. Petersburg, Florida area. But then other states where they can find us on, in retail stores are, are Virginia, North Carolina, New York. We're in Kentucky, Illinois, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan. We're here in Kansas, where my home state is at. But we're in Texas, Arizona, California, Nevada. We're in a ton of Las Vegas resorts and casinos, which is great. Out there you there go. For that exposure. You should be asking for this uh, brand at those resorts. Yeah. You should be asking yeah. for this. Say, hey, I want the whole horse soldier bourbon. You should be asking for this. And if they don't have it, say, yeah. I don't want any of your bourbon. I want whole horse uh, soldier bourbon. <laughs> well, well, I appreciate that. And we need that kind of support as well to keep growing the brand. Sure. We're, we're in Montana is one of our newest states since January. It's You've really surrounded me. I'm surrounding you. I'm surrounding you. Yeah. But, uh, gonna drop right in on Salt Lake City. <laughs> our, our, newest, our newest states are Washington and Colorado here just getting started. So that's the 18 if you enjoy our bourbons or if you're not in one of those states that I just named, check out our horsesoldierbourbon.com website and we've got a shop whiskey page. And in today's, you know, today's market with technology and and the legal aspects, we actually you can go onto that website, horsesoldierbourbon.com, our shop whiskey page, and you can order our bottles online and we can legally ship to 33 states. Uh, and that's become huge right. during COVID to help us grow the brand in other states where people uh, have heard about us or they mail ordered or they want to send a special you bottle to a friend yes. or a coworker or family member. You know, the, the, to talk about the bourbon bottles themselves, because of that 9-11 connection, these bottles, and I'm holding one up here, are uniquely forged by World Trade Center steel. Because of that 9-11 connection, as we were growing our bourbon brand, we were able to get our hands yeah. on a large chunk of World Trade Center steel, and we melted it down and, and reforged it into the mold that shapes these uh, beautiful glass bottles. Oh, wow. so, so it pumps those out. Yeah. there. I invite people to yeah. check out our Horse Soldier Bourbon YouTube channel. We got a, a dozen-plus videos about our brand, our backstory, our award-winning bourbons. Some of the adventures we've gone on into Normandy, France, or to Saipan, or there's a video also about oh, cool. our bottles being forged at the bottle foundry, at the glass foundry is what I'm trying to say, that shows that, that sure. World Trade Center steel being melted down and it reforged into the mold that shapes these bottles. So there, there's a lot to our brand. Again, I invite people to our Horse Soldier Bourbon YouTube channel. You're going to see some some videos there, some tough days of Bob and I nosing through some of our bourbon barrels to pick some of our, our special limited release offerings. But the brand is growing up. I can, only imagine. I can only imagine having favorite. a sniff all day and like take a sip. Yeah, nosing it. Bob, Bob has the incredible... 
incredible nose. I wish you would have joined us today, but Bob, uh, <laughs> all three of our products have were recently awarded with double gold in the San Francisco Spirits Festival. So all three of our core bourbon bottles that you can find on, on oh, stores or that we have for sale. Eat all three of them won double gold just a couple months ago in San Francisco. And that that's a very prestigious competition. It is a hundred percent on the juice in that bottle. They do not know your brand name or your packaging. And so to have all three of our bourbons win double gold is is something very special. It's something we're very proud of. And our marketing team is trying to figure out how to get their head around it. We don't think there's another brand, whether a craft brand or one of the big boys, that has entered that competition and swept double gold with with all of their entries so and this is non-labeled so you just take a glass and as a judge you have to just base it off of your expertise yeah. it's just straight up blind it, taste it test. is blind taste test and it's off that the smelling smelling it you know and bob was instrumental uh-huh. in, in picking this with our recipe and and all of us with the taste profile or the flavor profile that we personally enjoy you know we've got a young our premium straight is a rye so it's got corn and then rye and a little bit of barley in that flavor and grain, and it's 87 proof. And then our other two are a weeded bourbon. So it's corn and then wheat and barley is that flavoring grain. And we've got a small batch bourbon that's at 95 proof as a way to honor our special forces team in a subtle little way. And then we've got the big brother, big sister, the barrel strength version of that. And that'll roll in around 115 to 125 proof. You know, and all three wow. of them are amazing can bourbons. Make, can you make whiskey? Can you make whiskey gluten free by chance, like a specialty <laughs> amount? Does it always have to have wheat in it? I mean, because there's people who can't have gluten, right? Right. I'm just right. saying. And if you, it's like a specialty piece, it's like not like a hundred bottles, maybe twenty bottles. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, the ingredients that go into it, they want to, you know, non-genetically modified grains and things like that. I mean, we joke about our, our bourbon being free-ranging, sure. you know, <laughs> bourbon that, that's grown. All I'm already laughing. Seafaring, mountain climbing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. Go hard or go home. Vegan? You know, we want fans to enjoy we hope we know they'll enjoy our bourbons we're going to surprise you we're going to exceed your expectations but because of the story behind it and the aspects uh we want folks to celebrate with our horse soldier bourbon the challenges that they've overcome in their life the little victories you know the birthdays the weddings the graduations perhaps the divorce parties whatever that special moment is Sure. In their life, yeah, the, as retirement sure. gifts, yeah. there's, there's so much special in in this Jim. bottle. You know, I've got realtors and true. bankers. You know, realtors giving it out with as welcome gifts for people that are buying homes and well, and retirement yeah. gifts and and everything. So I appreciate it when fans reach out to us at Horse Soldier Bourbon and let us know or share a photo with us on our social media on our Facebook or our Instagram account. Bob and I you and know, Jim, we've, we've enjoyed doing a, a whiskey and war story now where we're able to, to pair not only our award-winning bourbon, but with this new book, Swords of Lightning, and have a little book reading and bourbon tasting type of aspect. We've enjoyed doing that now. 
with Jim and, and sometimes we, depending on where we're at, we have some other special guests join us and audiences just love sure. that, to be able to ask some questions. You know, a banner on soft reps website would look good yeah. too. I'm not the advertiser yeah. guy here, but I'm just uh-huh. saying if you had a little horse soldier bourbon ad on, on soft reps, homepage you'd be okay, okay. every single I'm, one I'm of liking them it. i'm, I'm, I'm just putting it out there i'm not sure who that person would be i'm not gonna say here's my email but i'm just letting you know you know i mean that's <laughs> right there <laughs> gotcha brandon like webb you hear me link up I with like mark it. brandon brandon <laughs> now listen i've taken up an hour plus i could keep talking to you because i really love what you do and, and who you are and, and thanks for fighting for america so well, i just want to say thank you to mark and and Jim, go ahead, please. Mark, tell me. You have, I'll give you like 30 no, I, seconds to, to give me a little bit of a... But. No, I enjoy uh, what you guys do with SoftRep, reading your articles and just, you know, staying connected that way with what's going on across the community. And I appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit about our incredible experience in our new book, Swords of Lightning. We invite folks to swordsoflightning.com. You can get a book anywhere books are sold. You can get a copy or you can reach out to... Jim and Bob and I at our swordsoflightning.com website, and you can order and purchase uh, an autographed copy by the authors. And I just appreciate the opportunity to talk about the book and talk about our award-winning bourbon and horsesoldierbourbon.com and our Horse Soldier Bourbon YouTube channel. And I just appreciate very much, uh, Rad, the opportunity to, to have a little fun with Jim again, and we can make a little, poke a little fun at Bob since he wasn't able to join us today. <laughs> yeah, Bob. He'll, he'll be on. Where you at? Where's Bob? Where's Bob? Hey, Anton, I don't know if you can, but can you insert Bob's head right here, please? <laughs> I don't know Bob, if that'll Bob's happen. Take, but we don't I see it happen all the time. Go ahead. Well, I don't know. We don't We don't officially know where Bob is, right? I mean, you know, you never yeah. know where, where those warrant officers really are. Uh, he says he's in, I think, California somewhere, but who knows? You know, it's a big state. Yeah, he's he's celebrating a special right. moment with uh, with his family and, is, and stuff. So, hey, I look forward to seeing well, you. Enjoy your special Salt moment, Bob. At some point, yeah, would love to come up to Salt Lake sometime. Oh, do you ski uh, or snowboard? You're invited. Reach out uh, to me. Come up. We'll go hang. I'm, out. I'm more of a sledder. You know, I'm from Kansas, right? So I'm more of a sledder. <laughs> okay. You know, with, with oh, steep yeah, hill that kind Kansas. of thing. <laughs> You know, what is here anymore? I'll tell you what. <laughs> now that's right. But, uh, I appreciate uh, uh, Brighton Ski uh, Resort here has a, about thirteen thousand foot elevation lift. I, I could take you up that. We could ride yeah. down real easy peasy. <laughs> nice fluffy powder day. You seem like you're forty two, forty three, right? How old are you, Mark? Real quick. Yeah, yeah. Related that's it. Forty two, forty three. Because I drink our. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Keep keeps me young. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see. It, See, it 44, got Bob 44 right here. here. See? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring brought Jesus back himself, bro. Don't even, don't even start. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, Jim wrote an amazing Okay, book listen, I'm going <laughs> to. So. Thank you, you know, guys. Thank you, Ryan. Good, thanks. You're very welcome. And thank you, guys. And a salute to you, sir, and to you as well, Jim, for writing those keys out and making that book happen. So go check out Swords of Lightning and HorseSoldierBourbon.com. And I think you'll see a banner on SoftRep that'll lead you to the website one of these days. So thanks again to Mark and Jim for being on SoftRep Radio and you, the listener. All right, peace. You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. 
From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 